Hello, it's me, Misha Youssef. Welcome to season two of Tell Them I Am. If this is your first time listening to the show, what's up? Welcome, welcome. This show is about the small moments that define who we are and who we are not. Every episode, you'll meet someone new and hear the story of a small defining moment in their life. But for my season one listeners, it's been a while, hasn't it? I'm so excited to bring you guys more episodes of this show. Because as our executive producer, Mary Knopf, says, this show owns literal real estate in my heart. When I made the first season of Tell Them, it was one of those rare moments in my life when I got to glimpse God. And by God, I don't mean a bearded old man. Could be anything. Like the universe, awe, like a streak of hot pink in a blue sky. I saw God in all of the guests, all of my collaborators, and I got to see him in myself. The show was real, honest in a way that nothing I'd ever created had been. And we heard it from the guests too, that it held a place in their heart. And for me, that feeling, those feelings, are God too. And obviously, this kind of spiritual connection was something I wanted to last forever. I clung to it so hard. Then I started thinking about this poem called Hassan Kuzaker. It's an Urdu poem by a guy named Noon Mim Rashid. Hassan Kuzaker means Hassan the Potter. No, no relation to Harry Potter. Anyway, this poem has been clinging to me for the last few months because it's about those rare moments in life when we get to glimpse God. For Hassan, God is a woman with beautiful talisman eyes who catches his attention one day while he's sailing down the Tigris River. When he sees her, something moves him. He gets so inspired that he starts making pots like crazy. One for you, one for your mom, one for your best friend down the street. And they're the most beautiful things he's ever made. Because every time he makes something, he channels the fire he felt when he saw that woman on the river. And then the fire goes out. As quickly as the feeling came, it leaves. There's no reason why it happens. It just does. So he stops. He puts his wheel away. His workshop collects dust. His clay hardens. He spends years longing for that spiritual experience on the boat. But wanting, longing alone, can never bring that feeling back. This part of the poem reminds me of something my dad used to say when I was little. He used to talk a lot about this idea of nirvana, how he wasn't a big fan. I didn't get it then. I was like, everlasting peace? Happiness forever? I'll take it. But now, after having lived a teeny bit, I understand why he didn't like the idea of peace forever. Because who wants any one thing forever? You'll never appreciate the sun if all you see is the sun. There's no day without night. You need the absence, the longing, to appreciate the moments when you do glimpse God. I thought I was complete after I made Tell Them I Am in 2019. Like I had gotten to a higher level of self. Like connected to God, Misha, unlocked. But, 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 I was wrong, really wrong. I realized God isn't one door to be opened with one key. 
God isn't just one thing at all. And for me, my ability to access that beauty, that truth, waxes and wanes. And I think I'm better for it. Today's story takes place in that moment, between the waxing and the waning. My name is Muhammad Mashtama Austin, rapper, producer, artist, creative, uh, a man of many hats, uh, a master of them all. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Take me to the like the moment when you and your wife decided to to sell everything. I believe I was twenty six or twenty seven. I probably need to brush up on my math skills, but we were living downtown in St. Louis and. For the longest, you know, my wife would, uh, well, my girlfriend at the time, she would show me these videos of, like, these families and these different people who would, one, they kind of moved their life into being minimalist. And in the same sentence, they were able to travel because they didn't carry so much baggage with them. She was in love with that lifestyle. Yo, like, let's go ahead and do this traveling nomad life. As far as, like, us packing up the crib, and selling quote-unquote everything. We sold everything pretty much but the car. (laughs) And uh, frequently, you know, drove that vehicle, you know, from city to city if it wasn't a place that we were flying. We got married, um, and uh, shortly afterwards, while we were traveling out in New York, I get a call from my wife, (laughs) and she was like, yo, uh, go to CVS. (laughs) I'm like, yeah. And, uh, you know, we found out that that she was pregnant. It was quite the shocker for us both at that time because I think we were so focused in our individual careers and just happy that we were able to spend time with one another that it just came. I had to really digest this particular moment as well. And so, like, there was a whirlwind of emotions because it's like, yo, this, this wasn't planned and the baby's going to cost this. And like, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm hindering her plans. Maybe I'm hindering my plans. And little did we know, there was a greater plan to it all. You know what I'm saying? So we, we honestly cut the trip short and flew back home to stay with my parents in St. Louis. On the flight back home, I had to like really make a, I suppose like a really true, sincere decision with myself to fully being 100%. This is now a part of the reality. This is now a part of the game. Life already chose this new level for you. I, I, you can't go back. So <laughs> I was like, yo, I'm all in, I'm focused. This is now. I was uh, really just trying to find ways to like strengthen my mental because I'm back at my parents' house. I'm back at my parents' house with my wife and a baby. Like I was like, oh, (laughs) like (laughs) what am I doing? There was definitely times that depression creeped in and I didn't like that and I didn't like who I was. There was a certain level of routine that I needed in play to really challenge and activate. You know, typically when you are working a nine to five, you wake up every day at this particular moment, you put on this shirt, you put on this jacket, you put on these shoes, you drive your route to the same place. And so for me, I just felt dizzy. And with my routine, I would get up, 
walk into the the shared restroom of my parents, <laughs> do my would do, and uh, splash the cold water on my face. Because that would be the only thing that could wake me up. <laughs> I see my pregnant wife sleep. I would get my prayer rug, position my prayer rug so close to the bed that my head would be touching the bed. Literally, th this room is tiny. I I'm going to keep it a buck. Like, I cut my hands to my ear, and uh, I begin the, the call to prayer, the Adan. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. I began to say my prayers and, and, and set my intentions and, and, and really trying to calm my mind. I would have my shoes right there in front of me, the clothes that I'm going to run in in front of my face. I put them on slowly, still stuck in dream state. I would just step outside and get myself together, and then I would just run. And it'd be funny, because on times where I feel like I'm ready to turn around, or times where my mind is slipping and I'm not good enough, and I'm back at my parents' house with my wife, and they're motivated. I've been, what am I doing? And doubt is winning the fight. I would always see the moon pop up. It became such a ritual. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. began to, you know, after running with months, I developed and grew into the person who I wanted to be. I was no longer stuck in depression. I was, wasn't doubting myself as much. What ended up happening this day, though, I woke up, laid down my prayer rug in a small little tiny room, made my intentions to prayer, prayed it, feeling good. I was actually not even super sleepy this day. And, you know, I began to walk outside and walk through, uh, as I opened out the door, you know, I was, I was just gazing at the trees. It was just a tad bit of light, you know, because it was early sunrise. And light was creeping in and I'm, I'm just breathing in the air. And I take a look to my left, like I always do, because that's where I do my stretches. There was no car in the driveway at all. And instantly I was like, yo, <laughs> I almost freaked out. But then I was like, oh, yep. And it hit me that uh, 
that my car got repossessed. Of course, an instant flood of doubt, an instant flood of embarrassment, an instant flood of what the bleep are you doing? Everything was running through my head. Before getting this routine into my life, a situation would happen and I'd just be completely anxiety-filled. But then I was like, yo, I remember when I was stuck and I didn't know what to do or what to figure out. Run. Continue your routine. Continue your journey. Let me make sure that I keep my mental straight. And on that run, I kind of developed this phrase. uh, It's like, left foot love, right foot light. Embrace the path that guides my sight. Left foot love, right foot right. Embrace the path that guides my sight. Like in a little military flow, you know what I mean? Just like. Left foot love, right foot right. Embrace the path that guides my sight. The uncontrollable in life is always going to happen, and the only thing we can control are our reactions. So when I got out there and that happened, I was like, yo, let me set my intentions, and I begin to run. In the midst of that, I start letting the negative thoughts creep in. Left foot love, right foot light was disappearing. I was just in my head. I'm like, as soon as I start doing that, I saw the moon bright as day. I don't really know if it was just the the positioning of the month, but I'm telling you, the moon looked giant. Before I started the routine, um, me and my wife were searching for for names for our son. And um, I, I was really fascinated with moon. I was like, wow, like, technically, my son, the moon. <laughs> was with me the whole time. And seeing the moon anchored me. It gave me the strength because I was like, yo, he's he's here. He's going to be watching. Just like when I'm grown, he's going to be watching my actions. He's going to be watching if, 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 if his father gave up. He's going to be watching if, you know, his father's frustrated and pissed off or if his father is, you know, calm in the heat of a moment. It began to be very, very poignant for me as I made like this circle pilgrimage around the block. <laughs> and it just hit me and was like, yo, like, your son with you, he watching. What you finna do? I got it together enough to come into the crib and have enough confidence to let my wife know what happened and also let her see the confidence that, as in like, oh, well, it's gonna be fine. It's gonna be straight. Tell Them I Am is presented by Higher Ground Audio and Spotify and produced by Dustlight Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Misha Youssef. The executive producers at Higher Ground Audio are Dan Fearman, Mukta Mohan, and Anna Holmes. Janae Maribel is editorial assistant. From Dustlight Productions, Mary Knopf is our executive producer. Ariana Garibli and Jonathan Shiflett are our producers. Arwen Nix is our editor. 
Valeria Alarcon is our apprentice. This episode was written by me, Misha Youssef, Mary Knopf, and Arwen Nix. It was sound designed by me and Jonathan Shiflett. Valentina Rivera is our engineer. David Leinard is our composer and made our gorgeous original music. The call to prayer recitation is by Mai Kemmel. The song you heard in the episode is from Mastermind himself. It's called Square Up. So make sure to check it out on the Tell Them I Am soundtrack playlist on Spotify. Emin Ahmed is our illustrator and the creator of our beautiful episodic art. Elizabeth Goodspeed made our amazing series tile art. Special thanks to Rainier Harris for transcription help, Anna Williams for additional production help, and Rachel Garcia, our development and operations coordinator. From Spotify, executive producers are Daniel Eck, Don Ostroff, and Courtney Holt. This podcast was originally a production of LAS Studios. <laughs>